<sighs> I love that testimony. As some of you probably know, I'm from a different country. I'm from Trinidad. And I love when people come back from a different country and they start talking about how they were received in that country and what God did to just flow through them to bless the people of that country. I am from Trinidad and I am called to America and I'm also called back to Trinidad. I was born a preemie and I've always felt protected and directed by God. My life was a life that in those days, back in 1964 when I was born, you can do the math, that preemies didn't survive. And so for me to be standing here is absolutely a miracle. And so I consider every day of my life just a miracle to be alive. The word says God knew me before I was in the womb, even before then. So I believe that I'm a spirit that's in this body and that I have a soul that walks through this life determined to find and search for what God has purposed me for. Lately, I've been hearing a song on the radio called It Is Well With My Soul. How many of you have heard that song that's new? It's out. It Is Well With My Soul. It's a real old song, but they've redone it. And it talks about all the things we go through and how even in all that we go through, it's still well with my soul. Well, sometimes it's not okay with my body, and sometimes it's not okay with my mind. But my spirit always knows the will of God, and then to get my soul to recognize that is how I find victory in this life. So that's what I want to talk to you all a little bit about tonight. One of my favorite scriptures is, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing asunder, I'm going to have to read it. <laughs> His word can cut through our spirits and soul and through our joints and marrow until it discovers the desires and the thoughts of our hearts. The word said, with the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made on the salvation. So I get to believe in my heart and hear words of God that bring me to a place of understanding what he has for me. My last few years have been a little crazy. I've lost my dad, my spiritual dad, my brother, and some dear friends. And even just recently, some friends have been diagnosed with tests that really uh, have tested me. And even I have had a couple biopsies in the last couple years. But being able to just breathe through it, and hear what God's purpose and plan for me in spite of that, because I don't believe that he allowed me as a preemie to survive. At 13, I also was drowned, murdered, by somebody who decided I didn't leave, need to live anymore. So I'm somebody who's been through a few things that have caused me to understand that, you know what, I'm, I'm not just here accidentally. I'm not just bumping into things. Um, last year this time, I had a friend in hospice who subsequently passed. This year this time, I have a friend who's in hospice. And I'm asking God, what, what is this on, on the inside of me that continues to just bubble up and say, you know what? It is well. It is well. How in the midst of the rain, the sleet, and all of the torment that comes with those kind of situations do I find that my spirit 
just has this calm. And I ask God, am I in denial? Am I suppressing my feelings? Am I not understanding pain? Am I, am I just not accepting reality? And I believe because of that, I'm able to just ask these questions and, and get really deep into asking my friends sometimes, hey, how do you handle grief? What goes on with you on the inside? I have an atheist friend. Um, he told me that I believe in fairy tales and that I live in unreality. But he can't stop asking me why I'm so joyful. He can't stop asking me why these things that I talk about, when I talk about them, I am not all curled up in a ball. He doesn't understand why I can believe in something I cannot see, something that I cannot touch, something that I hear, but he can't hear. And I've talked to him a little bit about how I hear. I hear with my heart. I'm a person who believes and lives by faith. I'm a person that understands pain and the value of it. How many saw the new movie Inside Out? Four people, so you probably don't know what I'm talking about. It's about the importance of our emotions, and one of the emotions that the person did not want to feel was sadness. And I was the kind of person who, I, I, don't, I don't want to be sad. I think happy is important. We even have a good song out. Happiness is the truth, right? We don't, we don't want to feel sadness. But in this past few years, understanding that this is a part of life. It is a flow. It is the things that happen. I don't have to become what happens to me. I don't have to be crushed by the weight of things that want to crush me. It is well with my soul. At one time in my life, my faith just stood shakingly on whether God answered my prayers or not. I'm an analyst. By day, I'm an information systems analyst. That means I have input, there is output. I have if-then statements, else statements. So if God loves me, then this will happen or else he doesn't love me. It's a simple equation in my logical mind. But I came to God in a way that most people come to God with someone saying, you know what, if you do this, then you won't go to hell, or else you will. How many came to God that way? Yeah. I didn't know anything about God. But in my mind, because I had heard in my heart different things when I was coming up of, of the, my spirit man knowing there was more than heaven, hell, or nothing, that there needed to be some sort of personal encounter with God, that there was something more than just heaven or hell. Just sign up here, life insurance, fire insurance, and then you just wait around waiting for something to happen when he returns in the sky and life is good. You just wait. But as I was walking down the aisle, my analytical mind decided, okay, well, if you created the universe, and the preacher just said you spoke it into existence, you must speak somehow. So I need you to talk to me. I need you to tell me about yourself. And this is the conversation my nine-year-old body is having as it's walking up there, my spirit pursuing something or someone that had been calling me my whole life. 
but my soul having no clue who that person was or what they wanted of me. So I started to ask questions. I was looking for revelation, which means a taking away of darkness and bringing into light. I was looking for that revelation. I was looking for a door to open. I was looking for something to happen other than, okay, I'll just wait then. Well, my question wasn't, what if you died tonight? Where would you go? My question was, what if I lived another hundred years? What am I supposed to do? What in the world did you put me here for? Why did I get this earth suit? My mom had lost two children be between my brother and myself. So how is it that I survived and made it onto earth? Why was I here? So as I was accepting Christ, it wasn't, a, it wasn't in fire insurance. It was more about, I need a personal encounter. I need something other than this, okay, I'm in the door now, I'm in the room, and I'll just wait here till you come get me. I didn't want that. I wanted something more. So my analytical mind knew there was something more. So back to my conversion experience. As I'm walking, as I'm walking down this aisle, I'm beginning to have this conversation. I start to hear this whisper in my spirit. Almost immediately, I get a response. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to teach you. And I'm going to show you things to come. So even as I, the preemie, was protected and directed, I, the little girl accepting Jesus, was protected and directed. You all may not know much about me. And um, Derek's going to show a picture of me, a few, well, actually, he's going to show a scripture first. Yeah. Oh, that's, my, that's me about five, about eight years ago when I was asking God, okay, what's, what's going on with my life? I'm kind of doing good, job's good, everything's cool. One of my friends wanted to go skydiving, and I'm like, I see no reason to spend $200 to jump out of a perfectly good plane. I love to fly, right? I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I had no fear of heights. I had absolutely no fear of this at all. She wanted to conquer a fear. I just was along for the ride. But I didn't make this decision to jump because of that. I made this decision as I sat in that car asking Holy Spirit, that whisper in my spirit, do you want me to jump? Do I need to do this for any reason whatsoever? Because this $200 can be spent elsewhere. I love to fly. This will take me at least halfway to Hawaii. <laughs> right? So I'm having this conversation in my mind, and I'm wondering, okay, do you want me to go? So I get myself really, really still, and I start to see people coming down out of the sky. They're, they're skydiving. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. And I, I get a good, solid yes. Mind you, I'm wearing flip-flops, a tank top, and you can't see that I'm wearing like three-quarter length pants. I am not dressed for this little outing. So I'm 30,000 feet up in the air, and I'm still having this conversation, so why am I jumping out of a perfectly good plane? And I'm, I'm listening, because all around me I hear people going, okay, I'm changing my mind right now. Grown men, big as houses, I'm not doing this. Y'all can just take me back down, keep my money, whatever, I'm not doing it. 
And the thing is, the instructor behind me, you can't see his face, so I can tell you, he's whispering things. So I ask him, because I'm strapped to him in the plane. He's whispering things. I said, are you praying? He said, no. He was actually talking to himself and others that were with him. But it was just him. So he, he told me he was not a praying man. And I'm thinking to myself, but I'm strapped to you at 30,000 feet. And we're about to jump. And I have to do exactly what you tell me. So I start asking God, okay, number one, am I in denial? No. Am I afraid and don't know it? No. And then all of a sudden, as I was listening to people and I was talking to this instructor, I was trying to make small talk so he could stop talking to the others and to himself. I say to him something like, so um, how many jumps have you done? Gives me a number. Yeah, I, I haven't lost a person. You just have to do exactly what I say. I'm like, okay. So I'm asking this, this whisper in my spirit. I'm asking God, I say, am I afraid? Because sometimes I'm the kind of person, I'm, if I'm doing something, I may not know how I feel about it. So I have to stop and check myself sometimes. So I said, am I afraid? And I hear this, no. I said, well, how can I be sure? All of a sudden, I felt like a wild dog biting, you know, this fear gripped me. And I was like, oh, no, I don't feel that. So I realized that I was not afraid. These people around me were afraid, but I was not. And I still couldn't understand why I was stepping out of this perfectly good plane. So I'm doing exactly what he says. You're going to put your body like this, and then you're going to step out on nothing. Then you're going to arch your back like a banana, and you're going to let go. Okay. I did exactly what he said. And when I stepped out of the plane onto nothing, I still felt protected and directed. I'm still having the conversation as I go down the 30,000 feet to the ground. Then he tells me, because I have no shoes on at this time, because you cannot jump in flip-flops, to put my legs out, straight out, and just lean back and let him catch me, because he actually has shoes on, and he gets to stand and run with me with my legs straight out. I'm like, okay, I can do this. I have never done it before, so I did it. We land, it's perfect. I get up, we talk, we go home. The next morning, I'm laying in, in my bed. I'm just like, okay, Lord, what was that about? About 15 minutes after I'd been just laying there, I get a phone call. My brother is in the hospital. And that's when my life started to unwind. And I had to fearlessly jump on the phone, tell my mother to get on a plane, to go see my brother. He just had a seizure. They need to do an operation. He has brain tumor. He has cancer. The next few years of my life was like that. But the jumping out of the plane and having that conversation at that time was in preparation to know that I'm held, that I'm protected, and that I'm directed. A lot of things have happened over the last five or six years since that happened that were just like jumping out of a plane. 
I had a biopsy a few years ago and they weren't quite sure what was going on. What do you mean you're not sure? You took a really big piece of my body out to find out what's going on. I had to wait and wait and wait until specialist to come back to say everything was negative. But whether it was negative or positive, my faith had shifted so much through these things that I had gone through. One of my girlfriends had gone through a very similar test and she ended up with a double mastectomy. And she's the one holding me, staring at me going, do you trust? Do you believe that you're protected and directed no matter what? She had had a double mastectomy. I had only had a biopsy. And this woman was holding me and instilling in me a level of fearlessness to face whatever was going to come with a level of trust within my heart that wouldn't let go. Some people ask me, you know, how come you're strong? What do you go through? What have you been through? It's the things that God allows to happen in your life it's the things that I create in my life. It's the things that happen just because I'm in an earth suit. And it's the things that I bring upon myself. Or just because I'm on earth. I can't explain everything to my atheist friend. I can't tell him, well, God allowed this because of that. Well, that person got healed because of this. I don't have these answers. But what I do have is that promise, like what we heard in the song tonight, of God being a good, good father, that his heart toward me is to protect me and direct me and to lead me into the things that he wants for me. His revelation is the door like the singer was talking about, Matthew 7. Um, um, if you ask and you knock on the door, you, I didn't get the whole scripture. It was Matthew 7. Where is he? Is he gone? What was that scripture you gave, Matthew 7? Matthew 7, 7 through 10. And what does it say? That really struck me. He's getting it for me. But that really struck me because a part of what I was going to talk to you about tonight was revelation being that door, obedience being the key, and humility being that turning of the door. What these things have taught me is that I have a need. Not only do I have a need of a savior, but sometimes I just simply have a need. And to be able to not walk in pride and go, hey, I got this. I'm a strong person. I've been through some things. I'm tough. I have a need. I have a need of a savior. Okay, so Matthew 7. Come up here, please, if you don't mind. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? Thank you. That scripture is talking about the Lord giving us the Holy Spirit. But I also think about the strength that comes through adversity. The word says... In this world, you'll have tribulations. We'll have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
The Lord says that he is the I am. And we are his, he's creator and we are his creation. So as we look at him as the I am, we don't have to put anything after that. That's just the I am. Because I can say I am strong, but sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm sad, but sometimes I'm not. But the joy of the Lord continues to be my strength. In James 1, 2 through 3, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Steadfastness. The ability to stand when things are going buck wild. <laughs> every day is not a happy day, but every day I can choose to be joyous. I can choose to be who God has called me to be. I can choose to look to the I am and say, wow, he is. And he doesn't have to be anything but who he is. And as his daughter, I can tap into that wholeness. I can tap into that wellness. I can tap into that deliverance. Even when I get a call at 2 a.m. that says, hey, can you pray? There's been a suicide attempt. I don't have to ask any questions. I don't have to look around. I don't have to wonder. I just have to go straight to the I am. Because that's not a happy situation for me. But I can still choose joy. When the phone call comes at 4 a.m., but so-and-so has passed, or can you come right now if you want to see them while they're still on this side of the earth? I can still go there with a level of strength and steadfastness because these various trials, they're working your muscles. They're working who you are. Because you too, just like me as a preemie, as somebody who was murdered and got to come back, <laughs> you were put here for a purpose. You were put here with a plan. You were designed uniquely yourself. People who, who know me personally know I can get a little rowdy. You know, just a little bit. <laughs> Jumping out of planes, you know, those kinds of things. But I'm also a very introverted person and I like my quiet, you know. So sometimes when I just listen to the things that God starts whispering to me and I think back to that day when I was literally murdered and pushed into the water and what the person said to me as he was doing it. You're going to die today. And I thought to myself, okay, you don't run this. So as he pushed me and pulled me under the water, I heard let go. I heard put your hands up. And I did not listen to what he was whispering very loudly in my ear that I was going to die today and I didn't deserve to live. Because he didn't give me breath. So I knew for a certainty that day that he could not polish off my life unless the one who had created me and breathed into me life wanted to call me home that day. So I shifted my focus immediately and I said, okay, what are you saying? Because this guy's saying I'm going to die today. What are you saying? And I literally put my hands up as I heard that. Put your hands up, hold your breath, listen carefully. And I did those three things. 
Then I had a really weird experience. Stick with me. Don't leave me. I could see my body in the water, and I could hear a voice saying, you have to go back. I'm not ready for you yet. I have things for you to do. And so the next thing I knew, I was up out of the water. Someone was trying to get me to breathe, and I was breathing again. And the little murderer was sitting there apologizing with a grin on his face like, I'm saying it because they're making me. Nothing was done to him. This was at a little youth camp in the South. You know, it wasn't good. <laughs> but um, God spoke to me that day again, just a peace that passed all understanding, kept my heart and mind. I didn't panic, didn't know how to swim, didn't really matter. He had bigger plans, bigger plans. There's a scripture in Psalm 71, 23 that says, my lips will shout for joy when I sing praise to you, I whom you have delivered. So when I talk to my atheist friend and I tell him about what goes on with me, it's not a matter, I, I can't prove to you anything about atomic war. I don't know what an atom looks like on the inside. I've never been there. I don't understand science. I love science, don't understand it. I can't debate with you about how the cosmos was formed or whether the Big Bang Theory makes any sense to me at all, because it doesn't. Because who made the stuff that the bang came out of? I'm just saying. So, for me, to believe that we came out of nothing takes way more faith than to believe that someone somehow, somewhere, as a creator, has created me. Because that voice has whispered in my spirits. I want you to take a look at a uh, picture and tell me what you see. Some of you will see youth and beauty. And others of you will see age and sadness. What are you seeing? Who sees a young woman? Raise your hand. Who sees an old woman? Raise your hand. Those of you who see both, raise both hands. Yeah. So be able to shift your focus. The first time you see it, you may see one thing. And sometimes people say, if you ever see the first thing, you'll never see the other thing. But I want to encourage you to be able to see both things interchangeably. That even though crazy happens and madness comes in every form, there's two sides to what's going on. How is this strengthening you? What is it growing inside of you? What have you gone through that prepared you for this? What is the whisper in your spirit that you're hearing? To prepare me for this, I used to ride the bus a lot in my, in my younger years, my teenage years, late 20s, because I didn't have a, a, a need to have a car because my, my job was in such a place that a bus was a better thing. But I would read the Psalms every day. There are 214 mentions of the word joy in the Bible. And I'd always wondered where that bubbling up came from when crazy stuff started happening in my late 20s, early 30s. Because scripture would just come to my mind. It would just jump out of me. I'm like, what in the world? It's because I'd spent that time just marinating, 
marinating in that word to hear what those whispers in my spirit were. So now I just encourage you as you're going through things, because as young as you are or as old as you are, stuff is going to happen. We're in this earth suit. We're putting up with whatever goes on and whatever comes down. And where our focus is, where our heart is, is how we're going to be protected and directed and listening to those whispers in, my, in your spirit. So I read, still read, and I listen, and I hope and I trust. And I hope tonight for you that my story's encouraged you just a bit to hear and to listen and to hope and to trust. I want to leave you with something I wrote about, oh, I don't know, probably your whole life ago. <laughs> And listen to this, the words of this. It's called Whispers in My Spirit. I wrote it because of a very, very um, bad betrayal of a friend, by a friend. And I asked God, what's going on? I got totally blindsided. I did not see that coming. I need you to hold me. And this is the response I got in the words that he put in my heart. So... Eyes open, eyes shut, just listen. It's only about four minutes long. Whispers in my spirit. Morning comes once again, and I awaken with the breaking of dawn. I take a moment in the mirror to look at the one who is blessed to see another day's sun. And I am oh so grateful to see another sunrise. I hear whispers in my spirit of a love I could not merit as I look upon the face that my God loves. So I say to my soul, in the words that make me whole, who's the girl that Jesus loves? I touch my hand to my face so that there can be no mistake. And I say, I'm the girl. I am loved. I am free. And yes, Jesus loves me. Sometimes in the night, in the stillness, of the day's quiet end, I struggle with confusion or the words of a so-called friend, words spoken, cutting my heart like a knife, and I seek the answers to this life sent to me from heaven above, as tears cleanse my soul, and I whisper words that make me whole. I touch my hand to my face and I move beyond what I thought I could take and I feel God's amazing grace. As my vision clears, I see the girl that Jesus loves and I say, I'm the girl, I am loved, I am free and yes, oh yes, Jesus loves me. There are days 
when life is less than okay. And you cannot find the words that you need to pray. Storms rage, and you can't get past the painful clouds of gray. Let these words of love fill your soul while the rain washes and makes you whole. Touch your hand to your face so there can be no mistake and whisper, who's the one that Jesus loves? Then say, I'm the one. I am blessed. I am free. And yes, Jesus loves me. I'm the one. I am free. I am blessed. And yes, Jesus loves me. And yes, Jesus loves me. Then say, I'm the one. I am blessed. feel your own self saying it. I'm the one. I am blessed. I am free. Jesus loves me. Whether you have a personal relationship with Jesus or not, he loves you. And just like he called me, he's calling you. And if you do know him, he's calling you deeper, deeper still, to hear more whispers, to feel more joy, regardless of what's going on. You are directed and you are protected and you are loved immeasurably. Thank you so much for letting me speak with you tonight. God bless you. Eric.